shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. And today we are joined by who will forever be in my cell phone as Nicole Cowgirl. <laughs> that's, that's what I have you on my phone as. <laughs> I love it. Keep it. Because I think when you signed up for the Patreon or something, it like just had you like in there. It was like cowgirl. It didn't have your real yeah. name or something. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's you know that you were funny. the you were the hundredth Patreon. Aw. That makes yeah. me like feel all excited and happy, I guess. Yes. Yes. Well, say hi. Oh. Hi. Hi everyone. <laughs> hi everyone. Yeah, in the I'm car. She's in the car, guys. Nicole yeah. Cowgirl in North Dakota. So what song do you want played when you walk into a room? Oh, man. I think you better play What a Feeling. Okay. Nicole to me, the teacher. FYI, guys. Okay. Carbohydrate. Bring on the noodles. Yeah, what kind of, what's your favorite kind of, <laughs> bring on the noodles. Love it. Love what kind of noodles? noodles. Um, you know, I've dabbled a, lid in like, a little in like gluten-free noodles. Not, not it. I, no. I, whatever. I've had to do that sometimes, but bring up, bring me some yakisoba noodles. Mm. Bring me some... Like, I'm talking a good spaghetti bolognese, right? Like, mm-hmm. I eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. Love me pasta. I love, yeah, pasta. Um, okay, cheese. Have you ever heard of, like, gruyere? It's like a... Yeah, gruyere. Like a, yes. Yeah, gruyere. that's what's typically... that On traditional French onion soup, that's what's supposed to be on it. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I it's love It's kind of like... It's similar like, to a Swiss... Okay. Yeah, yeah, but isn't it a little flakier or something? Yeah, it's a little okay. different, but yes, that's how what's supposed to be on French onion soup. Okay. I've now never you know. made that soup, so now I know. It's so good. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, condiment. Mayo. Mayo. Like, I know that sounds boring, but I Mayo's eat it not with boring. Fries. Like, I eat it with fries. I mean, like some chicken nuggets. Some. Are you like a Hellman's gal? Um, I don't know. I always get the. I don't really know the brand, but like, I just like a straight up mail and like, give me a big dish. If I order <laughs> my dish. burger, I'm not a ketchup girl. I'm a mayo no? girl. But yeah, I got like swap. Well, ketchup definitely with my grilled cheese. Yes. Good girl. Good girl. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people are judging me for like doing that. No, but not Tommy Bahama. Tommy Bahama's on my plane with that. So (laughs) (laughs) hi, Tommy. Um, So, okay. So how the hell did you find out that you were an adult child? Okay. How did I find out I was an adult child? Well, I think I found out when I started listening to you. How did you find me? Oh my God. I have to think about that. So it hasn't been too terribly long. Um, I 
like probably been like a while though it's been like since like it's I don't know January or February I feel like yeah I, I was gonna say like I feel like I've been on this path for almost a year yeah um but like it started during COVID that mm-hmm. like I couldn't get away from myself anymore you know mm-hmm. like all of us we were quarantined with ourselves mm-hmm. and I just had to start looking at some of my shit behaviors yeah my shit and being like I, I couldn't be alone with myself that was one of the main things like I just I couldn't handle it I would be like a tiger in a cage you know mm-hmm. and I tried a few different podcasts they were more like I didn't know what I was looking for you know I guess I'd been an Al-Anon mm-hmm. and, and, and that, how long have you been sober uh two years okay two years but I do actually have a question because a couple of weeks ago am I class reunion I had one fucking spritzer drink and I cried so hard because the only reason why I had it was because I was feeling uncomfortable around a group of people and I was like oh my god my two years of sobriety is down the drain and I'm like is it really fucking down the drain it's not down the drain but it sure as hell is a relapse god damn it what the fuck, girl? Oh, I haven't even told any. Well, I told my husband, but like, okay. So I had a relapse, you guys. Wow. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody because I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. And I didn't. Well, it's good it that you said something because it could turn into a lot of drinks. Yeah, it could. Like, I wasn't the. I was always like, oh, yeah, I wasn't the drinker. But I, I'm. I'm lying when I say that because it was two years ago that I, um, we had, we had two little ones at that time and I became like the wine mommy. I'd get home from work and I'd be like, I'm just going to have a little bit of wine. And it kind of became like this daily thing until one evening we went out for, um, a social outing and I got fucking wasted like had to teach the next day puked my brains out rode homeless like this couple I didn't even know and I was like <laughs> this was out of hand and I was just like I actually have not been honest with myself at all about the role that alcohol has played in my life mm. so mm. that's been that's been it's been hard sobering <laughs> <laughs> we're not so sober <laughs> right <laughs> okay well we'll talk about that more later not in this but okay. you and I will <laughs> good to know God, I'm proud of you for being honest Ugh. One, what the fuck? Why did you just, why didn't you go fucking all out? If you're going to fuck it up, what the hell? Oh, because I had to like nurse my baby. You should have had a banger. What the hell? I'm not going to pump and dump, Andrea. Look. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> boring. Okay. Okay. Oh. So do you feel like, well, I would say, do you feel like you've had an adult child bottom? I feel like you've, yeah, I feel like kind of during your pregnancy, this most recent oh. one, I don't know if you would call it a bottom, but it kind of was. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's a really good point. I've kind of been thinking about that, like an adult child bottom. And um, I'm nervous, like talking about this stuff. But so this last pregnancy was like, so hard. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was like, thank God that I found your podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was because I'd been, I'd been going to I'd been attending Al-Anon, you know, that had been helping. The weekly meetings had been like, giving me a support system. And I'd been Mm -hmm. in therapy for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I kept going back like you've said so many times, I kept going back, like saying to my therapist, but I'm still having these same overreactions Mm -hmm. and I can't, I can't control them. I know rationally that they don't make sense, but I I'm physiologically like not in control in that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was so demoralizing to like mm-hmm. go in and I feel like I had to you know confess right mm-hmm. I almost felt like mm-hmm. I was I'm not Catholic but I felt like I was in a confession <laughs> going to like, confession. I, I fucked <laughs> up again father forgive me for my sins and uh and I was like what's going on here so I uh was listening to an Al-Anon recovery support group podcast. And then it must have mentioned ACA and I had never heard of it before. And so Mm -hmm. the blessing in this last pregnancy was that I started my recovery work. Mm -hmm. And as I started my recovery work, I, I just had a whole new set of tools to finally navigate Mm-hmm. what I was feeling and um, what was coming up, what I was going through. And I started applying that in, in my work, in my job, in my marriage, in my parenting and in my pregnancy. So what sort of feelings were coming up for you? Well, uh, I had a lot of anxiety that, and this has been, um, very interesting for me to uncover and discover is that so much of my life, I was like, I don't have this. I don't have that. I was always, uh, so by trade, I, I was a, a singer, a, um, a professional performer, mm-hmm. lived overseas, uh, for almost a decade performing and traveling and singing and like trying to make it. And as I, um, stepped away from that, familial role and stepped into the the traits the laundry list I didn't know who I was Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was at all and so in instead of like being that chameleon that was so good at just adapting to whatever anyone else around me was you know not even knowing like that you were doing God, it. 
Yeah. yeah. Not even knowing what I was doing it. Um, I just started to recognize like all of the feelings of insecurity, like just excruciating feelings of low self-worth and fear of, of people terrified of just, especially women really craving and longing for um, healthy friendships with longevity and consistency and not having those Mm -hmm. and wondering what the hell is wrong with me? Why Mm -hmm. can't I seem to attract healthy female friends? friends. Yes. Um, And so that journey um, also led me to some, to confront some of my, my past with, uh, my, my childhood and the abuse I experienced and not, you know, moving and acting and dancing. And like, I just, it's like, I was just this dancing monkey and so afraid Mm. of, of, of revealing my true self. Mm. Okay, well, that's a nice segue. Let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's part of this. <laughs> yes, I know. So I grew up in a family with, um, and this is also something that's pretty fresh to me that I'm still processing. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely have a narcissistic mother, and I believe a narcissistic sister and it has been so goddamn hard for me to actually see them for what they are I've spent my whole life projecting um and painting uh them into things that they aren't and so it's it's still new for me to say that out loud like I mean oh weeks old days old Um, but I was a victim of childhood sexual abuse in my family and, um, witnessed a lot of, you know, I didn't witness my dad beating up my mom, but I witnessed just a lot of violence towards like animals, um, Mm. a lot of rage, you know, my mom would always threatened that she was going to kill herself, but she didn't want to do that because it would be too much of a bloody mess for us to clean up. Like, you know, and I remember them always screaming and a lot of just a lot of uh, fighting in the house. I didn't understand why they were married, why they're still married. I, I never wanted to get married or have a marriage like that or, um, raise kids. I was, I was secretly terrified of, of having kids for fear that I would, um, you know, replicate what I was brought up in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of loneliness. Um, it wasn't until I was about five that I realized I could get my mother's attention by being on stage. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I was I have no memories of affection or of her holding or cuddling me, no memories of her playing with me. Um, I just mainly remember that aching for her love 
you know, aching to be, to be held and, and the, the, the fear and the terror of showing that I had any kind of needs. And so that was always really uh, unacceptable, you know. So I, I started performing at a young age, won my first, you know, pretty lo- big talent competition at the age of five. And then from there on, it was like, okay, this is my role. I'm in. If this is the way that I can get mother's approval, um, I'll, I'm going to go for it. And so I became really good at one thing. And I became really not good at the rest Everything of else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like absolutely no skill sets in in um in managing in managing my emotions or life or money or boys, just completely knew how to only do one thing. And that was get on stage and perform. Was there um so you have one sister do you have other siblings or just your sister? Yeah, I have an older sister and an older brother. Okay. And was there resentment towards you because you were like performing and getting that attention? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So when did you start kind of acting out? Let's see here. Well, I was kind of a goody goody. So I'm the youngest of three. Uh-huh. And my older siblings were kind of hellions hell on wheels like my I remember my older brother getting arrested on Christmas Eve for oh he had been drunk driving and destroyed somebody's property and I don't know this and that he was headed he was really headed for like prison um I think he was a senior in high school maybe he was a junior so I was like around seventh grade. So that mm-hmm. kind of scared me, scared mm-hmm. me straight for a while mm-hmm. um, because the two of them were definitely partying and like taking me along to parties and stuff when I was like in, I don't know, when did I have my first drink? It was probably seventh grade, but like um, I didn't start acting out really hardcore until I got to college uh-huh. because I was supposed to be the star of the show, right? Yeah. So I wasn't allowed out of their sights. And like my senior party, like grad party, you know, my mom called the cops on me because she couldn't find me. Mm. (laughs) Where were you? (laughs) I was just out partying. It's a place called like the basements, you know, Uh outside of town, like bonfires and pickup trucks and like you know, hillbilly, that kind of stuff stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just assume everybody knows. Yeah. You know, we go to a pasture. Where else are we going to (laughs) go? You got to go to a pasture. Everybody's got to know it. You need a pickup truck to get there and bring your own firewood, your own beer and your own lawn chair. Let's go. (laughs) BYO everything. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So when you think about today, what laundry list do you feel like trait that you feel like you struggle with in present day? Um, Approval seekers Uh for sure. And then living life from the viewpoint of a fucking victim. 
That's interesting. Talk to me about that because I was just reading something about that. And uh, I'm curious oh. what your, how you feel that way in what, in what way. Okay. Can you finish reading that one step one? Mm-hmm. The, finish reading that for me. We please. live life from the viewpoint of victims and we are attracted by that weakness and our love and friendship relationships. God, that one makes me like nauseous. It's so true. So I fight every day with myself from relapsing into that role of needing someone to rescue me. Mm-hmm. That was the role that like my mother used to keep me dependent on her. Mm-hmm. I was inadequate in every sense of the word in, in her gas lighting world. I couldn't make decisions for myself. Well, you know, there you go again. You messed your life up. I need to make those decisions for you. And, you know, I, I fled, I fleed, right? Like I fled halfway across the the globe Mm -hmm. to get away from her and to define myself as an individual. But, um, and I do all right because I'm, I'm also an anxious attacher, hardcore anxious attacher. Ooh, yep. Like, and, um, and so I can't relate. What's that like? <laughs> oh, isn't it great? It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. And when I got like out on my own and I got a place of my own, then I was really pretty independent. I was pretty good. But as soon as I got in a stable relationship, you know, if the relationship was all fucked up, then I was still pretty independent, but, but something healthy. Mm. Are you kidding? That just killed me. And it, it's like on a daily basis, like I'm looking for somebody at work to like hold my hand and, and do a spreadsheet, or I'm looking for somebody to like, Oh, just make me that cup of tea or like (laughs) constantly just wipe my ass. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and it's been an it, it's been an issue. Like my husband is. I was just saying to him, like I can't believe how much you put up with this. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm so glad you're starting to see this because at times it was just <laughs> suffocating. Um, and it's it's like one of the biggest things that I'm working on is like refusing to fall back into that victim mentality that like, Mm. I am too fucked up and I'm too, um, like I'm incapable of being an adult and taking care of myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (sighs) Oh, and then I was, I was reminded of when I went to college. Like, so I went, I started off, little little farm girl from the middle of the prairie I got into the Berkeley School of Music in Boston and you know like over the moon get away get away I had to get away from here I had to wait get away so I went there and my of course parents didn't fly with me they just sent me on a plane and there I was and I had these three random roommates that I'd never met before. And like these girls were from the East coast. And one of them was like a hardcore narcissistic bitch. Like 
holy <laughs> shit. And I didn't know what I was dealing with, right? So I like attached myself to her because she was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go take you for a ride. And did they ever, like, I had never been to a nightclub. I had no idea what, like, what, what was possible here. So I got drug along. I remember she, she ditched me and left me outside of a club um, by myself. I had, like, no way of knowing where she was. No, I had nobody there. I finally, like, crying found my way to, like, a bouncer who, like, let me in and like just kind of let me like sip on coke all night until her and her friends got done partying mm-hmm. and she was like oh yeah sorry I forgot you were out here mm-hmm. and I had no idea what that was for I mean like it's taken me 18 years to process that mm-hmm. and it was so humiliating and the de- like demoralizing and mm-hmm. like that were those were the types of friendships that I had and yeah. and the guys were no better right the guys were just like yep user friendly and then move on and probably best case scenario worst case scenario you know I was like really in um I was in danger, like really fucking lucky to be here. Mm-hmm. Really lucky to be here. Mm. You got a good shit show story for me? Oh, man. <laughs> sure. There's a lot of shit show I know stories. There are. Okay, how about I'll tell I'll tell the one about when I was uh, just like my recklessness. And my inability to assess danger at all. Okay. Went to a Russian disco with a friend. (laughs) Rode the train. Rode the train. Okay. This is overseas. I'm overseas in Germany. I'm like, we're going to go to the Russian disco because it stays open longer. Right. Okay. But is this like the Russian disco in Germany? Or you're like, you're going to Russia to go to the disco? No, this is the Russian disco in Germany. Okay. Okay? I never made it to Russia. Wish I did bucket list so going to the russian disco in germany because i used to sing part-time like they would have like singers sometimes before like the hardcore disco would start you'd be i'd be like the live entertainment while everybody would like have a meal before the hardcore disco started (laughs) (laughs) okay then and I so I was like get to know everybody. Then I'd get shit faced always because I didn't have to pay for my drinks. Mm-hmm. So I'm like done with my singing gig, getting shit faced at the Russian disco. Yep, at the Russian Russian disco, um, mm-hmm. and like I got get paid up front, like get my cash money, put my cash money like in my high heel. <laughs> get so wasted at the Russian disco, I fall fucking lose my money lose my money for the night can't get back home then I have this like you know club owner is like I'll take you home baby and I'm like I don't know I didn't get raped I I ended up like I don't know like just some cringy story you know or like get this guy coming on to me I don't have any money you know he knows where I live now mm-hmm. right like who the fuck 
does this? <laughs> and this was like us. my life. This is my life. I was this just my like, life. hell yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> See you, Bruno. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um well i feel like you've kind of shared about your healing like throughout but like is there any like you want to got any good i don't know story as far as like where you've seen growth sure you know what recently um i might get a little choked up like recently i've just been having a lot of no or i've been noticing my my self-talk has really started to change Mm. my my self-hatred and that self-loathing like I used to not be able to get ready in the morning because I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like you know that inner critic would be like who the fuck do you think you are putting on makeup you know you dirty whatever dirty slut so I would I would be, and then if I didn't put makeup on or, or get dressed up, it would be like, God, you're such a slob. Could you even get dressed? Mm. Every time I looked in the mirror, it was that kind of talk. And it was so subliminal. Um, I remember talking to my therapist about this and he was like, yeah, that does sound like really hard. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was debilitating. Like, like, I no couldn't shit, get, dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks for acknowledging that. Now can we get rid of it? But like, I couldn't get from point A to point B. It was so hard for me to get out of the house. A, because I was just like, it was just ripping me apart for all of that, uh, that wreckage. And then, um, and then the anxiety of, well, I don't, I'm not allowing myself to know myself. So how do I know what I want to wear today? Because, well, I guess I, I, I think that's what some of them might like. I think I'll get a compliment on this outfit if I put that on. Mm. Yeah. And it it was just, it was just relentless. And so I've been noticing I can get ready easier in the morning. Like, oh, what's the weather? Huh? That's logical. Let's dress for that. (laughs) It's 90 degrees. Let's, let's not, let's not put on long john. Um, (laughs) Let's not do that. And recently, like, I put this, like, colored lipstick on that I was like, I really like this. It's super bright, but I think it's fun. And, like, wore it the whole day without having, um, you know, this barrage of of um, inner criticism come at me. And so that's been really nice. And then the other thing that's kind of been shifting for me is, like, I've been stopping throughout my day and like giving myself a hug and I've just been like you know what I'm here Mm. I'm here like I love you you're doing so good this is really hard all of this stuff is hard you're a mom you're a parent you're a wife like I've I've been finishing things I finished recently um you know a new a new degree I'm I went back to the same job for the first time, like ever for a second year. And I'm just, I've been like, you know, rubbing my back in this one spot that I've always like longed for touch just in the middle of my back. I don't know what that is, but it's just always like right where I've, I've 
I've got the soft spot. And so I've really just been showing up and it's been spontaneous and it's been uh, really great. I love that. Okay. Two more questions. Three things you like about yourself. Three things I like about myself. Um, I think I have a pretty good sense of humor. Yes, you do. Thanks. Um, My hair. Yes, you have great hair. Kind of wild hair and my voice. Oh yeah, that's good. Those are three good. Okay, and then what is a hope or dream that you have for your future? A hope or a dream that I have for my future, I can eventually be okay, hundred percent okay with being alone with myself. Mm being by myself and not needing to um, obsessively compulsively clean because cleaning is really calming for me, very calming, but it is a compulsion that I have and deal with. Yeah. Just being okay in my own skin, being okay with um, and having the courage to, uh, actually be honest share my my thoughts and feelings openly and honestly instead of just morphing into um, whatever anybody else wants me to be beautiful well this has been a pleasure and it's a pleasure to have you in my life likewise well that wraps up shit show saturday as always Sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups. And it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod. And give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Bye.